My name is Marika Sila, the host of Red Path Radio, where we highlight the wisdom and perspectives of indigenous elders and community leaders, merging the expertise from the top athletes, artists, and entrepreneurs in the world, inspiring indigenous youth, crushing misconceptions, and building community through exchanging knowledge. Here, we're bridging the gap of understanding between all races so we can grow and thrive together. Hey, Red Path Radio listeners, and to anyone watching, today I am here with my dad, Angus Cockney, also known as the Ice Walker. My dad is Inuvialuit, otherwise known as Inuit from Tuktiaktuk in the Canadian Western Arctic. He is a residential school survivor, a former national Nordic ski champion, and a very talented artist and sculptor. But today we are going to focus on a significant event that happened a number of years ago. So, Dad, why don't you start us off by describing what we just heard? Yeah, um, that was an audio clip of us uh, uh, skiing in the North Pole. I mean, uh, I not only took photos, but also I recorded some uh, audio and sound. So that's actually us uh, on the journey, you know, (laughs) skiing and uh, talking, conversing, having some fun. You know, a lot of people felt that, hey, you know... wasn't any fun out there, was it? But, you know, we uh, there was some camaraderie developed, so we, uh, there you heard it. So what sparked the idea to go to the North Pole in the first place? Well, uh, what inspired me uh, was a phone call. All right, uh, one evening when I was still in college and university uh, in Edmonton, uh, I got a call out of the blue, and, and a friend of mine in the East said, Hey, Gus! You know, that's my nickname. You know, my friends call me Gus, but uh, he said, Hey, Gus, you interested in skiing to the North Pole? <laughs> I say, what? What's going on? So, um, you know, that was uh, the beginning of the, that experience. So it wasn't an easy decision uh, because I was in college and my, my wife then, uh, Trish, was uh, pregnant with Jess. So um, anyway, uh, we thought about it and um, figured that, uh, you know, we... I could always drop out of college and university and uh, go back the next year because we thought this was going to be a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity. So I said, yeah, let's go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So they sent me a plane ticket uh, to the east and uh, all of us uh, members uh, got together and started to uh, um, begin the journey of skiing to the North Pole. Awesome. So what was it like taking those first steps? Oh my God, you know, it was, uh, first of all, there was uh, three months of um, uh, uh, training camps in the Iqaluit uh, in the Eastern Arctic. 
but uh, mentally, when you think about it, uh, the first, my first step was making that decision. Was it the uh, hardest step in a way? Well, the mental side of anything is um, where it begins. You know, either uh, do this or go that way or say no and, and say yes and, and so on. But uh, that's where it began, was that first step of uh, mentally saying yes. Okay, let's do it. And, and there I went and got a plane ticket to Iqaluit in the Eastern Arctic. And we had three months of um, training camp uh, in the Eastern Arctic. It was an interesting time, you know, to get a, a, accustomed to the ice and the weather and uh, especially each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with, any, uh, uh, with any team, you know, uh, who you don't know, uh, first of all, it's, 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 uh, it's a learning experience. Uh, you don't know each other's ability and, you know, we... We had an inkling of what others did, mm-hmm. you know, to, to me anyway, uh, the other guys were more experienced in expedition uh, experience. And I was uh, what, what they call the rookie of, of the team, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, the beginning. And we back in, uh, I think in that training camp, we just, you know, uh, talked about uh, the journey and what we needed. Uh, in regards to supplies and food and uh, scheduling and, and obstacles and so on. Mm-hmm. So, um, what was the actual training like leading up to the expedition? Um, it was uh, uh, the appropriate setting that that Iqaluit had back at the time in in December. You know, it was dark and cold, and uh, certainly uh, when we uh, embarked on the North Pole, we knew that we would be on the ice. Mm-hmm. Because from once you step off the land, it's uh, there's uh, it's all ice and a lot of open water as you journey along the, to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it was an appropriate setting, and um, it got us uh, going and trying and uh, and and fine tuning with with all the supplies and food and uh, and equipment. So it, it was a good time to iron things out, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, and what, what month did you go in? Um, the actual journey started, uh, and guess what? 32 years ago yesterday, really? <laughs> March 5th. Yeah. So that's cool. I anyway, that. it's, uh, I guess it's an appropriate time to, uh, to, uh, cool. talk about this and uh, share the experience and, you know, a good, uh, good benchmark on, um, my memory of that is uh, Jesse was born uh, the same year, mm-hmm. so um, you know when whenever his birthday comes up, I know exactly how many years I skied <laughs> to the North Pole. <laughs> so he's yeah. a good reminder of that experience, and yeah. um, you know he's gone on to uh, accomplish his own uh, 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 things in life. But uh, regarding my brother is yeah. an Olympic athlete. Yeah. <laughs> So regarding um, you know the, that journey, it, it began 33 years ago yesterday, March wow. 5th, and uh, I, and like may, many um, I guess significant events uh, in life, you know the memories are, are really acute. You know mm-hmm. I remember that first step uh, taking uh, uh, towards the North Pole, stepping off the land, and um, I knew then that there was no turning back. Yeah. Right. So. What was the temperature like? Um, yeah, we um, started, I remember that day, it was about minus 52. And um, 
uh, lo uh, lucky for the the um, that type of weather when it's really cold like that. I mean, there's there's no wind. Wow. That was a saving grace uh, in being uh, in that uh, environment. Uh, it's when it's really cold, it's uh, incredibly still. And it, it's amazing how sound carries. You could you could hear guys talking a couple miles away. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying yep. something about how when it's really cold, the sound carries differently. Yeah, I think uh, it amplifies uh, the sound uh, with everything. You know, the ice cracking and people talking and and uh, luckily good. we didn't hear any polar bears walking towards us <laughs> <laughs> so, so were you fearful like what were the days like out there were you scared that I don't know something was going to happen well with any expedition um, like that you know uh, there, there's uh, some some uh, say there's a fear factor uh, uh, you know people who climb Everest I'm sure they they fear some of the obstacles that they have to go through. And, and for us, um, yes, there was fear, but uh, I think it was a, a healthy fear. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't, didn't hold us back in, in regards to stepping out onto the ice. Mm -hmm. Certainly like life, you know, is uh, out there, there's, it's full of obstacles. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not how you make it, it's how you take it. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I said uh, earlier, uh, once we took that first step, uh, you know, there was no returning back. This was it, man. Yeah. So, so what were some of the obstacles? Well, we knew um, the cold would be uh, an obstacle, uh, something that we had to deal with. Um, uh, being in minus 52, frostbite comes into mind. And it's, it's all about, you know, dressing properly. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Lucky for us, we had some good sponsors in regards to clothing. Uh, back then, we uh, got some sponsors who supplied us with uh, proper clothing and, and uh, that type of weather. And it, it was all about layering mm -hmm. in, uh, in that cold weather. So um, that's the best way to uh, regulate your body heat. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah. some of the guys learned the hard way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember you saying years ago that you were the only one on on the team that didn't get frostbite. Yeah, you know when um, when I first uh, made that decision to uh, ski uh, to the North Pole and be uh, part of the team, you know I started to prepare, get ready. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like anything uh, throughout my life I uh, always uh, felt it important to be ready. Mm -hmm. You know, Stay ready. Uh, yep, and uh, certainly uh, with this uh, journey, uh, you had to be prepared. You know, it's that old uh, Boy Scout adage, you know, be prepared, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if for anything. Mm -hmm. So I quickly uh, got into uh, uh, training and uh, got myself uh, incredibly fit uh, for that journey, you know. Uh, um, your mom would attest to the fact that I, you know, started uh, skiing in, in Edmonton there and putting a big pack, big backpack on and <laughs> getting used to all the, the weight I was going to carry. How much was the weight that you were carrying? Um, well, we um, had two loads uh, within us. Uh, one was our backpack and one, uh, the other one we pulled in our sled. So there was a lot of weight there. So it's, it's, it amounts to carrying uh, perhaps you on my back. <laughs> At 120 pounds and pulling a, a little sled, it was another 60 pounds. Wow. So it wasn't easy. 
Wow. And but, for how many days? Well, the actual journey took uh, 56 days. Wow. Right. But, um, you know, when you think about it with all uh, the daylight, you know, the sun never sets. So really, you know, when you think about it, it's just one day. The sun <laughs> never set in those uh, uh, those 56 days because at that, t- that time of year, you know, the, the sun's, uh, sun never sets. Right. I mean, it's just perpetual daylight. Cool. But it was just cold. But mm-hmm. uh, we knew that as we went along, uh, the weather would get warmer. Yeah. Right. And slowly it, it warmed up, you know, minus 48. Yeah. Okay. Minus 30. Okay. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, you know, when your body's out in that environment, uh, it really adapts well. So I remember skiing in minus 25 mm-hmm. with no gloves on, no hat on. <laughs> and that's the testament of how our body is made. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, so the body adapted really well. So it was just like, oh man, minus 25, that's it, boys, not cold. I remember even uh, waking up, one of the guys saying, uh, he checked the temperature out of the thermometer and he said, hey, boys, it's only minus 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only minus 40, boys. That's good. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so what was it like with the other guys? Uh, well, uh, there were eight of us from uh, seven countries. Uh, I was uh, the Canadian. Cool. There are two guys from uh, the UK, uh, United Kingdom, uh, one from West Germany, Japan, uh, Australia, two Americans, one Russian. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, the Canadian. Um, as far as, you know, uh, getting along with the team, you know, um, you know, we talk about the obstacles along the journey and Probably the most difficult obstacle is uh, on any team is uh, each other. Yeah. Because, you know, we had the best of times, but, you know, we had the worst of times too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you read books on other expeditions, you know, uh, you know that the team leader or whoever that, that was uh, talks about uh, the journey, but it was the, the other guys, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> those little things start to bother you, like... Mm-hmm. guy's eating too loud man he just like slurps his soup man come on <laughs> especially when it's so cold and you can hear everything <laughs> so uh, anyway as far as uh getting along with the others um probably the the best uh or probably the best member that i was uh got along with was uh, the russian mm-hmm. who uh, had a lot of experience skiing to the north pole in fact uh, one of his expeditions was called uh, polar night mm-hmm where he skied to the North Pole in total darkness. Wow. Imagine that. Holy. <laughs> Unbelievable. And also the, um, yeah, a little bit of irony, I guess, too, you may say that the Australian uh, did really well. Really? Uh, coming from that climate, you know, he was open to uh, advice <laughs> and uh, learning. <laughs> and he saw me as uh, uh, perhaps a little bit of uh, his mentor. So yeah. he saw how well I was doing and I was performing and, you know, and he uh, observed what I was doing and started cool. to copy what what I was doing and in regards to copy the, copy yeah, the Eskimo. <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of getting dressed and uh, and moving on and uh, staying alert. Yeah, and always uh, thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, you know, when you went to bed at night, uh, what what would I what do I need to do in order to make it easier in the morning? Yeah. All right, and uh, once you once. Once you do that, then then it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. You do that during the day, and then at lunchtime, you figure out what do I need to do now so I can make it easier mm-hmm. in the evening. 
Yeah. You're always thinking two or three steps ahead of time. Yeah. So just like the Inuit of old, I guess, you know, we're always thinking, you know, what do we need to do now to make it easier for the future? Yeah. And I remember you talking about um, how important it is to dress light, even though you might be cold at first. You got to dress light so that you don't sweat, because once you sweat, like that's when that's when it's it's all over. That's when you start to get frostbite and stuff is when you start to sweat, right? Yeah, yeah. I know that we were given down jackets uh, for uh, to stay warm. Um, but uh, believe it or not, I never wore it once. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in fact, I, 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 I did take it along, but I sent it home. You know, after our, really? fir after our first airdrop, I told the pilot, here, I don't need this freaking down jacket. I'm not using it. <laughs> yeah, so... So for me... Um, you know, with my experience in cross-country skiing and being a champion, I knew how to dress yeah. in the cold because uh, for many years, you know, we trained at minus 30, minus 40. Yeah. And it's important to regulate your body heat. And then the way you do that is just layering up. Yeah. You know, and uh, the worst thing to wear is, are down uh, garments, a vest or a jacket, mm -hmm. because you begin to overheat. Yeah. You know, I tell the guys that if you're, if you're, if you're warm when you start, you're going to be too hot. When you get going, you got to be a little cool or even cold when you start. That way, you'll be just right when you're when you're when you're out there. Cool. So that's that's me again thinking ahead. Yeah. All right. Oh, what what do I do now to make it easier? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, and did anyone suffer from really bad frostbite? Um. Yes, you would expect. Uh, and guys to experience frostbite uh, as far as uh, the member having the worst experience was a uh, it was the american he uh, perspired a lot mm -hmm. all right and um he was a little bit averse to advice <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's probably what got yeah, him <laughs> and uh suffered quite a bit and in fact um in the end he had to get some grafts done what? Uh, like skin grafts? Uh, skin grafts done on his foot when he uh, returned and, and finished the journey. So did everybody finish the journey? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was the goal, to get the whole team there. Uh, certainly it was uh, important for the sponsor to, to uh, see us succeed. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you mentioned something about the environmental movement. And do you want to go on to explain really where that started? Well, I think it started a few years earlier than that, you know, the environmental issue, uh, people and, and scientists and uh, around the world were beginning to uh, to uh, think of uh, the kind of policies that, uh, uh, were, that, that people had or governments had in regards to uh, waste management, right? And uh, even uh, um, CO2 emissions. So um, back then, the big issue was uh, what scientists uh, regarded as the ozone layer. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they discovered a hole, I guess, in uh, near the South Pole. So they attributed that to uh, our CO2, greenhouse gases. Um, I guess they said uh, due to the fossil fuels mm -hmm. and the increase of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So people started to think of um, ways to uh, mitigate the impact of, you know, how we were managing ourselves in regards to uh, the environment. Cool. So it was a, 
I guess, uh, the early wave of uh, environment, environmental issues around the world. Wow. So this was a good, um, I guess, uh, uh, avenue to uh, create awareness on on what we should be doing in regards to uh, environmental stewardship in the world. That's amazing. So did you realize any kind of, I guess, enlightenment when you were in those cold days? Uh, well, uh, as far as enlightenment goes, uh, certainly I, uh, I knew what to expect. So, mm -hmm. you know, the cold, the obstacles and and uh, maybe some frostbite and so on. But uh, as far as being enlightened, you know, um, you know that enlightenment came afterwards because mm -hmm. you know when you when I think about it, when I was out, out on the ice, you know, I was just concerned about uh, surviving, yeah. <laughs> right, rather than thriving, right? Yeah. You know, uh, getting a one foot in front of the other. Yeah. You know, and uh, ensuring reading the ice and the snow and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, enlightenment came afterwards, in uh, especially in my art. Yeah. So and uh, awesome. How yeah. how did that translate into your art? Um, that experience, of course, um, uh, catapulted me, you might say, into the art world, Inuit art world, because Amway uh, concurrently had sponsored the Masters of the Arctic. Inuit art exhibition mm -hmm. and um, it was in 1988 uh, when I started to think of um, becoming an artist mm -hmm. actually uh, obtaining some stone and some tools so uh, I did that and when Amway um, found out that I was not just an Inuit but also involved in the Inuit art you know they they jumped on that opportunity as well for me to become involved in their program on Masters of the Arctic. Cool. So I was there as the ice walker, mm -hmm. right? But then I was also there as their Inuit artist, their representative of the Inuit people in the cool. Arctic. So uh, they got me traveling all around the world. Wow. You know, all throughout Canada, the U.S., uh, to the Orient, Japan, and so on. So, wow. um as far as my art career goes, it was it catapulted me uh, into the art world, and uh, wow. you know every artist wants exposure. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, they did it for me, and I'm grateful. Yeah. And I'm still involved in it today. <laughs> and and you had just gotten out of photography school, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I had just uh, well, first of all, I was in the the uh, at McEwen uh, College. The, the, it's now called uh, McEwen University. But I had enrolled in um, their radio and TV arts um, and enrolled in a photography course, which was a, a good option. Mm -hmm. And got through that course with uh, flying colors, you know, uh, um, even developing those black and white uh, uh, photos and slides. It was an amazing experience to learn about photography. Mm -hmm. You know, understanding composition, depth of field, and and shutter speed, and um, and uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. So um, that was wonderful timing. Yeah. To uh, finish that course, and um, and really, in the end, when I started that journey to the North Pole, I used that skill really well. And the mm -hmm. organizers and the uh, the team in the end were really grateful that man. 
<laughs> and I was the one one really uh, expending the energy to take uh, these shots, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, and to capture like yeah, all the, the journey and the journey. Yeah. So uh, they say a picture speaks a thousand words, but you know, you know, I came back with uh, uh, a thousand or so images that they can use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were really grateful in regards to uh, the effort I, uh, yeah, I did on that journey in regards to photography and, and some video too. Yeah, right? and so this was 1989. So you had to use film at the time, isn't that right? Yeah, um, you know, I dreaded every time I had to roll up the the film in in the camera. You yeah. know, uh, some of you young people there, <laughs> you won't understand. But uh, back then, it, uh, we had to uh, roll film into uh, uh, the backing of the camera. Yeah. Well, and, in, and each, it's in, each roll, in each roll, had thirty six um, uh, slides or exposures. Mm -hmm. Right. So it took a lot of time to roll that back without. Breaking, breaking that film because uh, film of course is plastic and becomes brittle Thin and very brittle brittle yeah. so i had to really <laughs> come on did, did you accidentally yeah. break any of them and uh, no i was really careful that's good you know there was there was a few times where actually you know there was a bit of frostbite happening on my thumb there you know just, <laughs> just because it was so still but i had to persevere through that even right yeah I wanted to, you know, keep those ensure images. ensure that uh, you know the, the film was sent back to the yeah. base camp. Yeah, right. I I know how cold it can get here in Camor, which is only like minus twenty, and having my hands out for like five minutes to just to talk on my phone is like too much. <laughs> so I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, nothing comes easy in life and certainly that journey wasn't easy but you're you're grateful that you persevere mm -hmm. right and because you're committed mm -hmm. and certainly i would have i could have said no yeah right and uh and you know that's what a lot of people do i guess when uh, they're uh, confronted with obstacles and uh, you know they sit back but yeah. uh, uh with me and, and my life you know Certainly, there's other topics we can talk about, about uh, persevering and being committed. Mm -hmm. But in regards to this journey to the North Pole, you know, it, it certainly it wasn't easy. But uh, because I was prepared, it was somewhat enjoyable. Yeah. Right? You know, every, every day when I woke up, I was excited. Mm -hmm. You know, they say, some people say, oh, it must be really boring. All you mm -hmm. saw was ice and snow. I said, no, on the contrary, buddy. As an artist, I saw texture, I saw patterns, you know, I saw um, uh, lighting mm -hmm. and uh, forms, mm -hmm. right? It was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it got me going every day, like, what am I going to see today, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what am I going to capture today? That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my goal then was uh, to, um, to capture uh, one roll a day mm -hmm. on that journey. Yeah. And uh, we ended up... Uh, uh, skiing between 15 and 18 hours a day wow right so um it, it wasn't easy taking those photos yeah but you know I, you know when i saw a crevice i crawled down to it got some pictures going up the guy skiing across mm -hmm. and i got down low i got up high and climbed pressure ridges and so on so i i'm glad i i expended that energy because you know what i was 
inspired, right? Uh, you wanted to um, uh, to do well, like in anything, anything I do. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So, how did you feel every day waking up in the morning? Um, certainly, uh, there was uh, you know in the beginning there was some anxiety. You know, we didn't get off to a, a good start. <laughs> you know, just like any uh, team that's put together, you know, we don't know each other that well, and we still had some tweaking to do in regards to uh, our our equipment and supplies, and uh, and certainly each of our roles on that team were were not really defined. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, the 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 team felt that I should stay back, you know, because I, I was the one who had the rifle. You know, um, and because, you know, hey, in case there's polar bears, I guess we need you back there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but I quickly. Um, so they, f- they gave you the rifle. So basically you were supposed to be protecting the whole crew. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a polar bear um, around the camp or wherever. But, yeah. you know, our goal was not to shoot the bear, but just scare it away. Yeah. You know, just protect ourselves. Yeah. Right, so um, yeah, as far as um, uh, feeling, anyway, uh, every every day uh, in the beginning it was uh, some anxiety, but as we went along, we started to meld together as a team. Yeah, you know, we each uh, defined our own roles on mm-hmm. on on that journey, and and within two weeks, I was you know up there in the front. Mm-hmm. You know, that is my role. Yeah, right. Although they felt, hey, Angus, you should uh, stay back. But I didn't want that. So I just gradually made my way up and uh, the guys started to respect yeah. where I ended up. Yeah. Right? And, well, it uh, sounds like they had respect from you from the beginning, giving you the gun. I mean, that I think that in itself shows respect that they trusted you with that. And I think it's definitely the right thing to do to to give the native guy the gun. Yeah, well, you know, being from Canada, we we embarked from Canada. So it is, uh, I think, a natural uh, thing to do to have the Canadian and and a native to boot, right? (laughs) Hey, here's the gun. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to have my older brother, uh, Rex, uh, ship that to me before we left. And, you know, he... uh, uh, felt that we needed that protection too, so he offered mm-hmm. one of his rifles uh, to for the team. Nice. Say here, gosh, you need this. Say, hey, send it over. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got enough rounds or bullets to uh, last us throughout the journey. So. Yeah. Did you ever need to use it? Uh, no. Uh, we just uh, lucky enough saw tracks of polar bears, and, but we didn't have any sightings mm-hmm. of uh, any bears. And What was it like sleeping? Because I remember you guys um, and anyone that is watching this will be able to see some pictures of the camp at night. So I remember seeing you guys um, posting up basically cages like for you to sleep in just to protect from bears. Well, um, those weren't (laughs) the tent wasn't a cage. (laughs) No, I'm Uh, thinking back and now I'm remembering. Yeah, although it looked like one, but um, the... um, our tent was a, a Soviet Russian made, very ingenious. Yeah. You know, where um, it, so we, it, had, we had a metal umbrella at the top. Yeah. But uh, we were able to insert our tips of our skis. Right. And, and use those as the walls of the tent. Right. So that saved a lot of weight. Yeah. And all we had to do was uh, once we erected that, 
just uh, put the tarp over the 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 umbrella and the skis. Cool. And that became our our shelter for the night. Cool. But um, <clears throat> as far as sleeping in the tent, that's another story. <laughs> did you guys not? Uh, well, most of the guys did, uh, but uh, as you can imagine, uh, the snoring going on. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm a light sleeper, and I, I just couldn't take it. So um, I chose to uh, sleep outside. Wow. Yeah, all throughout that journey, pretty much. Yeah. Because I needed my sleep. I didn't <laughs> yeah. want somebody snoring all night, keeping me awake, because I'd be pissed off, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? And we still have basically all of the gear that you brought to the North Pole. Yeah, I, I still have a lot of the clothing uh, at home and also have the, the sleeping the, bag. The sleeping bag. That, and it doesn't and have a skis. zipper. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the skis I the still ski. have. So those are, are mementos, I guess, Yeah. of that time on the journey. Mm-hmm. So how has accomplishing something of this magnitude helped you throughout your life? Well, you know, when, when somebody's born, you know, we know where and when, and, you know, and uh, from there our journey starts and uh, we don't really know where we're going to end up along the way. And But a lot of it uh, is a result of choices that we make. Mm-hmm. Certainly with our residential school experience, um, it wasn't a choice I made, but being a young kid, I was brought into that system and, you know, people who have gone through that uh, that system, you know, they call us survivors. And, uh, you know, like, like the North Pole journey, we each have the same experience. Or similar. But each of us handle it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, and on the North Pole journey, I excelled. I performed. Yeah. For a reason. Mm-hmm. I was ready. Certainly when I got to residential school, it was okay. How do I deal with this? How do I get through it? So uh, I quickly learned to obey the rules, all right? And uh, I learned that um, I need to beat the system. Yeah. So on, and a uh, good way to do that is use the system, right? So I got in good with the nuns and priests and uh, showed them I was responsible and uh, did well in school and, uh, and so on. And they gave us the opportunity to excel in cross-country skiing and I chose to. Yeah. Again, like the North Pole journey, I put in the effort mm-hmm. and the energy to succeed. Yeah. And that paid dividends, became national champion, mm-hmm. uh, junior champion uh, three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, could have gone on to Olympics, but uh, there was politics involved there too. But uh, hey, that's, uh, that's life. You know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Right. And certainly with the North Pole journey, it was... Uh, all about, you know, how you take it. Yeah, definitely. So is there anything else that you learned along the way that you want to share with with the listeners and the viewers? Well, you know, um, like I said in the beginning, you know, the the North Pole journey uh, occurred 32 years ago yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And, but uh, the memories there are still really acute. And, uh, you know, I still do presentations uh, to different audiences on that experience. You know, I talk about setting goals and persevering, being committed. Yeah. In today's society, um, in order to succeed, you got to put in the effort and the energy. And uh, certainly, uh, it's not easy. You know, it's not supposed to be easy. Yeah. But 
uh, we persevere and as long as we're committed we uh, we move on yeah you know yeah that's one thing that you have definitely taught me along the way and I just remember in grade three you came and you did the presentation for my class and yeah I remember that too and I remember all the kids and just hearing all the kids all my friends just saying whoa cool <laughs> and this was the first time that I had ever felt this way and I didn't really know like why I was crying but that mm. <laughs> that was one of the first times that I had cried because I was so proud just so proud of you and everything that you have overcome. And I was in grade three, so I was, what, I don't know, seven? Seven, eight years old, yeah. And I just couldn't understand, like, why these tears were coming out of my eyes. <laughs> but that was, that was pride. I was just, you know, so proud of you, and I still am. And doing this with you has, means a lot to me, and I'm so excited to share it with the world. Um, yeah. And, you know, along the way, you need to uh, be inspired, but you can also inspire people to, uh, to do better. Mm -hmm. Certainly in my, my work today in the, uh, the prison system in, across uh, in Canada, you know, I, mm -hmm. that's another topic for another day, I guess. But Do you want to just yeah, but, inform them on, on what it is that you do briefly? Yeah, I'm, uh, I uh, have a contract with uh, Correctional Service Canada. Uh, I'm there advising um, senior management on how to perhaps rehab uh, um, the Aboriginal inmates or offenders, they call them today. Mm -hmm. So um, CSC or Correctional Service Canada has a mandate to hire guys like me to come in and, and ensure the guys have access to some culture mm -hmm. and uh, be inspired mm -hmm. in some way to... Uh, to make their lives uh, better and, and right because you know they made a choice out there now they're in here mm -hmm. so now they have the time to perhaps reflect um what they did yeah and you know i tell them that yeah you've got a history mm -hmm. that's out there you know why don't we move on to your destiny yeah. make some better like choices that. in here so that you can reach and move forward there's some guys that you talk about frequently that are using that time while they're in jail to get their psychology degree and to to work on themselves so that when they get out they have something to look forward to and and I think that's also what you're doing as well right you're you're teaching them sculpting right yeah Soap right uh, that's that's part of the activities uh one of the activities I uh, I started uh, in the jail there is um you know how do we how do we get these guys to move forward and with Inuit art being in a in demand worldwide and I know it I've traveled the world because of my Inuit art mm -hmm. uh, so I, I brought in some stone and some tools and say look hey guys this is who we are mm -hmm. you know we can convey our spirituality through our arts and guess what there's demand there's a demand for it out there and I can help you succeed in in in, in that uh in that way so that when you get out you have some sort of skill right some of you may not embrace it but it's there all right and i tell them hey they're schooling there too embrace embrace that opportunity and finish your high school yeah but again setting goals and it starts when you wake up make your bed mm -hmm. 
All right. Give yourself some good habits. Mm -hmm. It starts when you wake up, make your bed, boom, you can get, get along with your day. It's those little things that, that hopefully move on to the bigger things in life. Yeah. All right. You know, getting back to my North Pole journey, and I, and I still do presentations across the country on that and uh, to different audiences. And when I talked, I've done a presentation there in the, in the institution to the guys and say, look, this is not unlike your life today. Yeah. You know, um, in order to succeed, you got to set a goal. Mm -hmm. Back then in 89, guess what? I was inspired. Someone inspired me to perhaps ski to the North Pole. And guess what? Guess who made that choice? Mm -hmm. It was me. Yeah. I jumped yeah. at the opportunity. Mm -hmm. All right. Because I wanted to succeed. Yeah. All right. And, uh, you know, it's you're in here, you're in jail, you're spending time. So get inspired somehow. Start reading some books. You know, if you don't have books, I'm going to give you some books. Yeah. Right. So um, gain knowledge because knowledge is power. Yeah. That's the old adage, right? Totally. I mean, yeah. like we're all isolated right now with COVID in a sense. And I think that's a big lesson is just moving forward and taking that first step. Yeah. And, you know, you talk, uh, mentioned COVID-19 and how it has affected, you know, not just us, but the whole world. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, when I was in residential school, you know, we, we too were confined right <laughs> yeah so just like you guys here in jail you're confined so how do you begin to think outside the box yeah like what do i need to do to stay busy you know uh, once this whole experience is over boom i can step yeah. take that first step to the north pole you might say right yeah because you made a decision back then now you're ready yeah i want to see you when you step out of this institution when your day comes to be released you can say, I am well, I am focused, I am balanced, mm -hmm. I am healed. Yeah, totally. Right? Mm -hmm. Because of the goals you set. Mm -hmm. Right? Totally. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dad, for sharing your, your journey and all your wisdom with us today. Um, so to wrap it all up, I'm going to be inserting a soundbite for you guys. This is a really exciting moment on uh, dad's expedition to the North Pole in 1989. So I hope you enjoy. Approach is clear of pressure ridges, clear of pressure ridges, several hundred meters to first pressure ridge on approach. End of airstrip has pressure ridge and ice hummocks 50 meters beyond the end, 50 meters beyond the end. Over. From the every every direction is so. <laughs> All right, so, Dad, uh, do you want to explain what that felt like to finally make that last step to the North Pole? Yeah, um, like uh, any journey and an expedition like this, um, you know, they, they say uh, the first step and the last steps are uh, most important because, you know, it shows that you've started and also shows that you finished. So, uh, you know, that clip there that you heard was us finishing, 
and the elation and, and the laughter that we ex that we experienced reaching the North Pole mm -hmm. because we had spent almost two months persevering, mm -hmm. right? The cold and each other, the food, the, <laughs> yeah. the injuries, the frostbite, and uh, it felt um, somewhat, I don't know, uh, how can you say, because we didn't see the North Pole. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like uh, climbing Everest where you could see the top. Yeah. yeah skiing in the North Pole, um, how we knew we got there was uh, from the satellite system. Mm -hmm. And base cam radioing back to us that, hey, you guys are at the North Pole. I said, what? <laughs> it looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as you may know, the equator's at zero degrees, and you go north, uh, and the North Pole is at 90 degrees. So um, we knew the day when we woke up that we were able, we we're going to reach it. Cool. You know, we started at 89 degrees, 45 minutes. So we had 15 minutes left to go. In other words, uh, each minute is a nautical mile. So we wow. had 15 nautical miles to travel. Mm -hmm. So we knew this was the day. This is going to happen, boys. Come on. <laughs> One last time. You know, and uh, we could relax. Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly it was uh, uh, an incredible feeling that uh, we were just, we just stopped. Mm -hmm. We just stopped just like that, you know. <laughs> so for so long, we kept going one step ahead, you know, and battling the pressure ridges, the rough ice, the open water, and, and so on. It's like, oh my God, we've done it. We finished. <laughs> Do you remember who stopped first? Uh, well, I was ahead as well as the Russian, as usual, you know, um, and we kept radioing back to um, base camp. Are we close? Are we close? Are we close? And they radioed back that one time. You're at 89 degrees, 59 minutes. Oh, my God, one nautical mile that, boys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so as we got closer, we kept radioing back every 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So when uh, they said that their their uh, GPS system read 89.99, hey, you guys are at the pole. You can stop. <laughs> so um, I don't know it was um, kind of anticlimactic, you might say, because we didn't see the pole. Yeah. We just couldn't see anything. Mm -hmm. We just stopped. Yeah. And that was it. Okay, we're here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of cool, though, in, yeah. in itself. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And if anybody wants to get a hold of my dad, uh, you can reach him at icewalker.com. 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 <laughs> He is, like we were saying, an amazing sculptor and artist, and he also does presentations as well. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for listening to Red Path Radio, your podcast for everything health, wellness, culture, and career building, with your host, Marika Sila. Sponsors make all this possible, so if you and your company want to help support Red Path Radio, please email redpathtalent at gmail.com to make your donations today. That's R-E-D-P-A-T-H-T-A-L-E-N-T at gmail.com. You can also find us on all social media apps as Red Path Talent. 
and myself, Marika Sila, M-A-R-I-K-A-S-I-L-A. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.